Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Christmas News, where we talk about Christmas and ignore the news. I'm Molly Molshine. And I'm Casey Bunker. And this week, we're talking to Ava Pauchik about Hanukkah and the OC. And we're talking to Brian Yang and Ariel Lieti of the What's Eating You podcast about all of our Christmas grievances and favorite food. And you should definitely go check out their podcast next week when we're on it because you need to learn what a cannibal sandwich is and then never go visit the Midwest. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, pretty much. Let's get into it. Great. So, Mal, what's your Christmas character this week? My Christmas character this week is Mary from It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Mary like Jesus's mother. Well, it's funny you should say that because I feel like that was a very clunky naming device where they uh-huh. wanted her to be a stand-in for the Virgin Mary. And the reason why I feel like Mary this week is because I am done with all my shopping. I did a deep clean of my apartment. I got rid of a bunch of clothes. I did all this stuff. I made a gingerbread house. It was disgusting, but I tried. I've just been really on top of my game. So I feel like I'm the perfect Virgin Mary housewife person. Am I a three-dimensional character? No, but I'm nailing it at home. Have you ever felt like that before in your life? Maybe in high school when I like made the Toll House cookie dough recipe once and I was like, oh, I'm Martha Stewart. Yeah, you were, you were very much doing like the cheerleader thing in high school and then you would, you would like knit for a month and then bake for a month. So yeah, that's true. You've probably had this feeling before. Oh yeah, I've been knitting too. I'm almost done with that's this great. scarf and I learned how to do a pearl stitch, which has evaded me for literally 17 years. That's why I stopped knitting back in the day because I couldn't figure out how to do this. So I am knitting a scarf. The bottom third of it looks like it, it Chernobyl, but- the top rest of it is looking really good. Wow. Okay. So that the bottom part could just you it could just be tucked into your to your coat or something. Yeah. I'll yeah. just use um I'll use distra- I'll create a diversion whenever I'm wearing it. Perfect. Who's your Christmas character this week? Um I, I couldn't really decide this week and then I just thought, you know what, I'm going for it. It's gonna be my birthday this week. And so I'm just going to in my mind, celebrate myself and be really excited this week, even though I can't do any of the normal things that I would normally do for my birthday. Um, and I'm just going to say my character this week is Elf because I'm, I'm aiming for that level of enthusiasm and positivity. Buddy the Elf? Yeah, it's, a, it's more of an aspirational character this week. I don't know if I'll actually embody that, but I want his energy. Okay. Well, I think you're nailing it already from what I've seen. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So sweet. 
I hear you have some really festive news out of Delco, which is our ancestral home, Delaware County, Pennsylvania. So the news out of Delco this week is that a Delco dad created an app for your phone that's going to help you find the best Christmas lights in your neighborhood or any neighborhood for that matter. It's called Christmas Prism. And you can log good Christmas lights and you can find good Christmas lights. And this is just such a win for all of us in this socially distanced Christmas because you can just get into your car. You don't have to make contact with anyone, but you can appreciate everyone's Christmas lights. And I feel like people have gone a little bit bigger with the lights this year because we're just so bored and desperate for anything that's going to spark some kind of joy. So yeah, he created this app and it's out now. You can download it on your phone. What's it called? Christmas Prism? Yep. And is it only in Delco or is it all over the world? I think it's all over the world. I just downloaded it earlier and then I forgot to check it, but I was able to download it in Nashville. So I think it's just wherever other people are also using it, they'll have logged some good houses. So I would think most of the country right now probably doesn't have anything logged, but you know, you could make a day out of it and make it a little bit of a scavenger hunt and log those houses yourself. That's really great. I mean, it's so hard to find houses with good Christmas lights unless you already know. It's like an if you know, you know situation. And the cool thing about it is it's not like you, obviously it's usually rich people who have the good Christmas lights. And similarly, rich people often hand out the good Halloween candy. But when the rich people find out that everyone's coming to their neighborhood for the Halloween candy, sometimes they get a little stingy because they don't get rich by being generous. They get rich by hoarding wealth. So they start to, you know, like try to get people not to come as much and blah, 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 blah. But with the lights, that is like a renewable resource. So they're not going to get mad that everybody's coming to look at their lights. They're just going to be proud. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's a win-win. Our first guest today is Ava Pouchik. Ava and I met when I was working at a magazine. She has her own podcast now. It's called Meet My Mutual, and it's all about her favorite mutual follows on social media. Ava is amazing at social media. I would call her an influencer. I think she is too classy and humble to use that word for herself, but certainly the way that I would describe her. And, and she rocks a mean cat eye eyeliner. Oh, yeah. definitely the mark of a good influencer. Yeah. Definitely look at the clip of this that we post on our Instagram because you are not going to want to miss that cat eyeliner. Absolutely not. What we're talking to Ava about is Hanukkah and Chrismica because Ava grew up celebrating both Hanukkah and Christmas, and it's Hanukkah this week. So we wanted to learn a little bit more about the Festival of Lights because everything we know is from Rugrats and an Adam Sandler song. So happy Hanukkah to all of our followers who celebrate, and this is our conversation with Ava. So we're here with Ava Pouchik. She is a podcaster. She has the Meet My Mutual podcast. Ava, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, we're excited to have you. We're excited to have you representing the entire Jewish community. No pressure at all. (laughs) My mom is so proud. That's good. (laughs) That's great. So you grew up celebrating both Hanukkah and Christmas, right? So what was that like? Yeah, so I grew up celebrating both to some extent. You know, my mom was raised culturally Jewish. She wasn't really raised religiously Jewish. Um, 
And my dad was raised Greek Orthodox, but he doesn't go to church. He doesn't follow all of that. So we really were focused more on like the history and like the family aspect of it. But like we have a Christmas tree. Sometimes we light a menorah. Sometimes we don't. (laughs) But yeah, that's basically how I grew up. But I grew up in Westchester, which if you watch Big Mouth, (laughs) you know, is very Jewish. But my town specifically was more like Catholic and Christian. So like we were always kind of like on the outside in that way. So I just like wanted to get on the Christmas fun as much as possible. And so for people who don't know, what is the celebration of Hanukkah about? Yeah. So Again, no you- pressure, just <laughs> sum up. I can, give you, I can give you a very brief, I'll give you a brief history. Perfect. Um, so in about 165 BCE, the um, Syrian army led by King um, Antiochus, I think that's how you say his name, he took over a bunch of lands, but Israel specifically, and he banned the practice of Judaism and which was not nice and so obviously there were people who were not cool with this and specifically a group called the Maccabees led by Judah Maccabee rebelled against the Syrian army and won but when they got back to their temple in Jerusalem which was like the holiest place for Jews and the center of Jewish life it was now dedicated to worshiping Greek gods and it was like in ruins needed some TLC but They only had enough oil in their menorah for one day. And miraculously, the oil lasted for eight days, which was just enough time for them to get more oil. And that is why we celebrate it for eight days. So really, the celebration of Hanukkah, which means Festival of Lights, is to celebrate, you know, finding the lightness in the darkness and also preserving religious freedom. And that is why we celebrate it. (laughs) That's amazing. And I know that story from Rugrats, which (laughs) when I was growing up, the Maccababies and Tommy Pickles was like the lead Maccababy. When I was growing up, Rugrats always had the best like Jewish holiday specials. And I was always so jealous. I was especially jealous of people who got Hanukkah and Christmas together. So when you were growing up, did you get eight days of presents followed by one day of a million presents? I wish. Um, I too also had most of my Jewish upbringing. My mom's going to kill me for saying this, but most of my Jewish upbringing was through the Rugrats. And, and <laughs> like, like we literally had like a Hanukkah book that was printed from the Rugrats. And my mom was like, this is Hanukkah. I was like, okay. But no, we didn't do eight days of presents. It was more so like we saw our family friends um, who were also Jewish and we did like the first night of Hanukkah together and we would celebrate Christmas. But no, definitely not eight days of presents. That's a pipe dream, at least for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Do other people do that? I think so. I mean, I have some friends who are very more religiously Jewish and like have a Christian parent who doesn't really care which one they do. So they'll do like the eight days of presents and then they'll do like smaller presents um, for Christmas or vice versa. Um, but yeah, sometimes my parents will get be like, here, here's your early Christmas present and they'll call it a Hanukkah gift. But yeah, <laughs> I wish. So what is your um, favorite way of celebrating Hanukkah? So or my Christmaka. <laughs> my favorite way of selling, celebrating Hanukkah would probably just be like the food. The food is so good. Like the best way to celebrate a holiday that's about oil is oil-based food. So, you know, like latkes and like jelly donuts. Um, and we like, we'll have brisket and stuff like that. So I think also just coming together with your family, it's about being thankful and um, finding hope, which we obviously need this year. So I think just remembering the good in the bad. Yeah, that's so great. The oil connection. I never thought of that. 
Because Jewish food is so freaking good. It's the best. I like, I feel bad for people in the UK because I feel like they don't really get as much Jewish food over here. And, you know, they don't really have real bagels and stuff. And like, I don't think that's the real horror. Like no bagels. And but you can make latkes super sorry. You can make latkes super easy. It's just like a few ingredients. So I definitely recommend trying it. And it's not too hard. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I will try that. Is there any special meaning to take from Hanukkah in 2020? Like anything that people are really thinking harder about during this holiday? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it's definitely more powerful in 2020. You know, obviously this year has been so dark for many people. And like just finding the lightness and the darkness is again the theme of Hanukkah and I think if we all can find lightness whether it's putting your tree up early or doing something that makes you happy with your family I think is really true for 2020. Yes that's beautiful. So we hear (laughs) that you're a big Chrismica fan too so do you actually celebrate if people don't know Chrismica is the made-up Christmas Hanukkah hybrid from the OC so yes. you actually, do you actually celebrate Chrismica? So I don't go all as full out as Seth Cohen because he gets a little crazy, um, just in general, but specifically about Chrismica. Um, I think for my family more, it's like, okay, we'll open presents in the morning and then we'll have Jewish food for dinner as opposed to like the traditional Jew, um, Chris- Christmas dinner, which I couldn't even tell you what that is. <laughs> um, I think it's Chinese food. That's what I've heard. Well, that's for Jews. But like my dad, oh, my, oh. dad my dad's not Jewish. So he's like, I still love Christmas. So like we'll do the tree in the morning and then like open presents and then we'll eat Jewish food for the rest of the day. Or like we'll watch like Jewish TV shows like during Christmas time. Um, but no, and like we'll have a, like, sometimes we'll put a menorah out like near our tree, but not like the super hybrid holiday that Seth Cohen is such a fan of. <laughs> yeah. That sounds pretty hybrid to me though. That's cool that you Yeah, that's of... like a perfect balance. The, yeah. the gifts of Christmas and the food of Hanukkah. Yeah. It's I mean, a good it's a good blend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I wanna talk about the OC a little bit because <laughs> I definitely down. <laughs> you're a lot younger than me. And I'm, I was surprised to hear that you are a fan of the OC. Like, how old were you when the, the OC started? So the OC started in 2003, I think. So I was only eight, but <laughs> um, not to just really age myself, but um, it, like the tail end of it, I caught in middle school, like when I probably shouldn't have been watching still, but like, I was like, ooh, CW, I'll watch this. Um, but then I binged it. Like when I was going through like my Dawson's Creek phase, I also binged the OC in One Tree Hill. <laughs> So yeah, exactly. So that was like probably later high school, early college. I did that. And I've watched it like five times since because it's so good. When they first introduced Chrismica in season one, it was kind of like as part of this love triangle between Seth, Summer, and Anna. So were you team Summer or team Anna? Okay, look, Anna's comic book was very cute and sweet (laughs) Um, and like very well done. But at the same time, like, I just felt like her gift was something that you give, like, your longtime boyfriend that, like, you know is very committed to you and, like, you're putting all this effort into it. And so for that reason, I always was just like, Anna, like, what are you doing? And <laughs> I always was just Team Summer in general because she's Summer. <laughs> 
I know that's the thing. Like Anna was really cool on paper, but I just, and Summer treated Seth like crap, but you just still loved her for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. And I also want to say that both of these women put way too much effort into a guy that was kind of the worst to begin with. <laughs> so like I'm more team Summer, like being like when Summer was alone in college, I was like, that was the summer I was on. Like, I don't know. Seth. Yeah. Looking <laughs> back on Seth and what a, just, I mean, whatever. He was fine, but he wasn't like up to their standards. It just as an adult, I can't understand what they were thinking. Well, so it's actually really funny because so the creator Josh Schwartz is Jewish and he also created Gossip Girl, which is if I'm assuming you've watched, has another like outsider type, like outside looking in. And I was watching Gossip Girl over Thanksgiving and my mom was just like, oh my God, like this guy has such a Jewish complex, like feeling like an outsider. And I was like, I know you should watch the OC. (laughs) Wow. Same show. Yeah. Repeated. Like I I would always think that about Gossip Girl because I was really big into Gossip Girl. Molly was really big into the OC. So I kind of got a little bit of the OC and then Gossip Girl, like Seth and Dan are like almost the same character. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I was actually surprised that they didn't make the Humphreys Jewish just because like they so are like I mean not they don't do Jewish things but like they are the Cohens just in New York City you know I was yeah it's, it's the so same funny. family yeah. and then exactly. and then Misha Barton sorry what's her character again I Marissa. Marissa Marissa yeah and Serena are like the same person and Blair and Summer are like the exactly. same exact person wow and I never noticed that Adam Brody, that's who played Seth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's actually now Maddie. married. Yeah. Yes. To Blair, to Leeton Meester, who played Blair. I'm like, this is bizarre. Yeah. It's great, though. They were Josh, both great yeah. shows, so I'm not complaining. I just want to know. I want to know what Josh Schwartz's trauma is, that he keeps <laughs> making these shows. Like, he also made um, uh, Looking for Alaska, which he didn't write the book, but, like, he produced the show for it, which is also another, like, outsider looking in and, like, fawning over a blonde uh, girl at school so <laughs> okay so is that one I guess I'm assuming that that one's not as like because the OC and Gossip Girl are both like upper class like yeah this like an outsider looking money- for Alaska is like set at a boarding school so like you have to be rich to go there um but it's like not a super nice boarding school I don't know how to describe it. it's like in the woods <laughs> but it does have a guy who's there and he's like the outsider with no friends but he like sees a girl and he puts her on a pedestal the way Dan does with Serena and Marissa with Ryan <laughs> or Seth and Seth and Summer really but yeah and now I want to watch it you should it's I've a already good watched it twice <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah that's fun um did Gossip Girl have good Christmas episodes I don't remember yeah. They have really good Thanksgiving episodes. They're like known for their Thanksgiving episodes because their families are so crazy that like getting their families together is always a shit show. So <laughs> but yeah, I think they have a couple Christmas episodes and they, I'm surprised they didn't put more Jewish characters actually into Gossip Girl seeing as it's set in New York. Like the first Jewish character is Blair's stepdad. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like Seth Cohen was the first like Jewish character who was like, talked about being Jewish and wasn't just implicitly Jewish or anything on like a teen show. Yeah. Him and Liz McGuire, like Gordo on Liz McGuire. I don't know. You might've been too old for it. Cause it was like my age. You watched it. Yeah. He was yeah. Jewish and he talked very much about being Jewish. He had a bar mitzvah on the show. Um, his Jewish grandmother came on, like he threw some Yiddish around, but like, 
yeah, him and Seth Cohen are the only two I can really think of growing up. In the and Red Tommy Rats. Pickles. And yeah, Tommy, Tommy, yeah. Pickles. <laughs> Tommy, sure. Tommy paved the way. Yeah. And there was also a Disney Channel original movie that I watched yesterday to like prepare for this. And I was like, oh, this is really bad. Called like Full Court Miracle. That's like about the story of Hanukkah. I don't know if you remember it, Casey, but like oh. it just exactly. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> it was the, it's the only Hanukkah movie I think Disney Channel ever did. And it, that was like 20 years ago. So. Okay. And then there was Eight Crazy Nights by yes. Adam Sandler too. Did you like that one? I did. That obviously because it's Adam Sandler and it was hilarious. Um, I can't like, I have to rewatch it, but I definitely oh, remember. Yeah, wasn't like, that like a cartoon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like him as a cartoon. Wow. Was cool. Yeah. I remember that. And I love the Hanukkah song. Obviously it's so good. Yeah. But that was also a thing that just like, there was not a lot of Jewish representation in media, like mainstream growing up. So I think that's why Chrismica is such a thing. You know, the Jewish kids who are half Jewish, like they still want to participate in Christmas because it just looks so much more fun because it kind of is, but like the decorations are more fun. There's more movies, there's more songs. It's like, decorated he can't escape it you know so might as well just embrace it yeah and it's not like that religious if you don't want it to be yeah right and Hanukkah isn't a holy holiday I think a lot of um people who aren't Jewish think Hanukkah is like our Christmas or our Easter but like it's really like I told the story like it's really just more symbolic than uh holy oh yeah that's so true yeah it's more of like a story that everyone can relate to, not like, oh my God, God is being born in a shed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, whenever you talk about the actual Christmas story, it's kind of like, okay. Well, my dad one year, he like sat us down because he was just like, you guys are spoiled. You don't even know the story of Christmas. Like, I'm going to tell it to you. And we just like sat there blinking, like not, didn't go to church once in our life. We're just like, I don't even know what you're talking about, but Okay. <laughs> How old were you probably when, when he told you the story for the first time? Probably like nine or 10, probably. Um, but we went to a Unitarian church for a while, um, oh, cool. which was interesting because they do celebrate like all religions there until my mom realized that it was kind of a Christian-based church and she got freaked out and we left because she's like, I don't think I should be here. <laughs> Fair. So, I feel yeah. like that when I go to church too. <laughs> I really think that Christmas is just, I mean, it's true that it's just an end of year celebration and we sort of tacked the religious part on after the fact when everybody became super Christian. It was like, okay, let's take this pagan winter festival and pretend it was Jesus's birthday. Maybe it was Jesus's birthday, and th- but they just were like, oh, this is convenient. Now we can just wrap these two things together and pretend that the tree has to, the tree has nothing to do with Jesus. <laughs> Like yeah, wait, what what does the tree mean? I have a tree, you can see it. What does the what does the tree mean? It's literally just something that people have done since like pagan times. It's not even Christian. It has nothing to do with Jesus. Oh it has nothing it's really just like a winter symbol of like putting out lights and celebrating like the end of I guess the harvest or whatever. I weirdly feel better about having this tree now. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Like Christmas is not that religious. Like for us growing up, it kind of was because we grew up Catholic and we had to go to Catholic school and CCD and stuff. But once you stop paying attention to the like Christian part of it, you just realize that it can completely stand on its own without that. It's just like, what do okay. presents have to do with Jesus? Nothing. Well, what does so, Santa and it, reindeer have to do with it? It's so funny because 
like the original Hanukkah, people were not giving presents that literally just came about because of the commercial commercialization of Christmas. They like felt bad for their Jewish kids. Like, okay, yeah, we'll give you presents. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you play, is dreidel a Christmas game? Or is that like an all year round game? Well, it's a Hanukkah. It's a Hanukkah. It's a Hanukkah, or a Hanukkah I mean, Han- yeah. Sorry, so Hanukkah, actually, <laughs> the history of the dreidel is really interesting because on it, I don't know what it says on it, which is bad, but I don't read Hebrew. But um, it basically was a way when they Jews were being suppressed and being told they couldn't practice Judaism, they would they would play dreidel that had like reminders of their Judaism on it, and so people like people who were watching over them wouldn't know what they were doing or that they were really secretly practicing Judaism in some way by like having these Hebrew letterings on the dreidel, which I just thought was really cool. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Like just yeah, that's a awesome. game that people would play to keep, keep it alive kind of. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, great. That's cool. So let's do a little round of Shag, Mary Kill with characters from the OC. Perfect. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to start with Ryan Atwood, Seth Cohen, and Luke. Luke. That's how I always think of him as Marissa saying, Luke, you just got shot. (laughs) Every time I think of Luke, I just think of him hooking up with Julie Cooper. Yeah, that's the the lasting. When he clearly was like a 30-year-old man pretending to be like 16. And I was just like, this is supposed to be wrong, but I'm kind of rooting for them. Just (laughs) because he, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was like, where are these boys in my high school? Why do they not look like Luke? They all look like Seth or if Ryan hadn't gone through puberty yet. I would be grateful if the guys in my high school look like Seth. Like they all were, I mean, I'm very tall, but they all were just so small and scrawny. <laughs> True. And Seth had good style. He had really good style. Yeah. Well, he's got that money, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So who are we, what are we doing with these three? Shag, Mary, okay. Kill. Wait, I ha- I want to change the game a little bit. Can we make it Shag Mary Cole? Okay, so oh. you give him Cole. Yeah. I don't like to. I don't like kill. It just feels. I don't like. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's too much. Yeah, sure. So to make it Christmassy, Shag Mary Cole. Okay, okay yeah, brand. that's great. Okay, Shag Luke instantly. Mary Ryan and Cole Seth because Seth is the worst. Oh, why? <laughs> Seth just like he really bothered me with his indecisiveness and like thinking that he was good enough for summer and treating her the way he did like come on like you gotta know who you're who you're working with and Ryan I don't know I just got a soft spot in my heart for a bad boy like Ryan yeah I do too but for some reason I feel like if I married Ryan he would cheat on me and I also think he's got a little bit of commitment issues you know like he's just always brooding and I can't handle that because I'm always brooding so (laughs) I think I would I think I've talked a lot of smack about Seth but I would marry Seth probably because I think he probably has matured a lot since high school like the high school version of Seth was really annoying to me because he's just you know kind of whiny but I think nowadays as an adult Seth would probably be the best one to have a conversation with out of all three of them or Luke or I would marry Luke I don't know I don't know one of them see my thing with Seth is I just feel like he might see like a shinier like thing like in the window or something walking by and completely just stray like I think he doesn't know what he wants and unless it's like even like he's saying like I love summer and then he went and like fucked that up too so yeah you're right 
I don't know. Yeah, Easy. he might not be that trustworthy after all. Yeah. I don't okay. know where, where I would go with this. I'm marrying Luke then. I'm marrying Luke. And I'm shagging Ryan, definitely, because yeah, I you gotta. he would absolutely be the best in bed. So Ooh. I guess I'm giving Seth Cole too, because I think you're right, Ava. I think Seth would be a cheater. I think he would have a wandering eye. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't know what he wants. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Okay. <laughs> now let's do this is my favorite round. The Zaddy round. Sandy Cohen, Caleb Nichol, Jimmy Cooper. Okay. Reluctantly, I would shag Jimmy Cooper. Very reluctantly. Marry Sandy Cohen in a heartbeat and then Cole, Caleb Nichol. Because what a POS. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, I might differ a little bit. Definitely marry Sandy Cohen. But I might shag Caleb and Caleb. Oh. <laughs> But Jimmy's just an annoying. So I don't know. Yeah, Jimmy is annoying. He doesn't have the the um, swagger. The swagger, yeah. Caleb's yeah. got the swagger. That's exactly it. Do Jimmy guys- doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't handle his money well. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna marry Caleb Nickel. <laughs> Honestly, good for you. Smart for the choice. juicy for the juicy jumpsuits. Yes, I'm sorry. Like for that for the alimony, really. Yeah, I love Sandy Cohen. Maybe, yeah, maybe Sandy Cohen will be my second husband, but like a DA salary living in Newport Beach, I don't really make that kind of money yet to support (laughs) us in the lifestyle to which I think we both would be accustomed. So I think I have to go Caleb Nickel if I want to stay in the OC. And then I'm going. Yeah, he's a good starter husband. Yeah, yeah, good starter husband. I'm going to shag Sandy and keep him on the back burner. And then I'm going to give, I'm going to Cole Jimmy Cooper. I'm giving him Cole. Jimmy Cooper deserves Cole. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Because, yeah. Oh. He didn't deserve Julie Cooper either. Right. He was doing nothing right. Like he was crushing on what's her face? What is Kirsten. He yeah. Was, oh my God. He loved Kirsten from afar. That yeah. Was so and sad. he was embezzling all their money. Like all he had to do was not do one of those things and I would still like him. But the fact that he was both emotionally basically cheating on Julie Cooper and embezzling all the money, like, come on, you suck. Yeah. It's a few too many red flags. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to shag Mary Cole, Summer, Marissa, and Anna. I had a little bit of trouble with this one only because I don't like Anna, but I'm going to have to shag her because she is hot and Mary Summer and Cole Marissa. I had kill Marissa at first and I was going to say like, even though she's already dead, (laughs) (laughs) but RIP Marissa, you're getting Cole. (laughs) I think I agree with that. I agree too. You got to marry Summer because she would just be so fun to hang out with all the time. Mm -hmm. And Marissa's useless. Marissa oh is God. useless. She is a wet, wet blanket. Yeah. No, no personality, just trauma. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Just really upset about everything all the time, which was just like Serena Vanderwoodson. Oh my God. Made me so upset because I read the Gossip Girl books and like she wasn't, Serena Vanderwoodson was just like happy-go-lucky party girl, like having fun all the time, not like all upset about her past all the Weren't time. Weren't Serena and Blair like opposite personalities in the books? Um, I thought I thought Serena was like an it girl who was like the life of the party and super cool alpha. Yeah, exactly. In the book, so I like I just like whenever she came, like, whenever she comes back in season one when I rewatch, I'm just like you're who everyone wants to be around. Like why? 
Exactly. No, yeah. Besides having nice hair and nice legs. I don't know. Yeah, she was way better in the books, but I guess it's just like when you read, it's easier to relate to someone and they just, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be easy to relate to someone that's not upset all the time. I don't know. I don't know. Blair's character was pretty consistent with the book though. Okay, I gotta read the books. But also, isn't it funny that um? Oh, you have to. They're so good. Serena's mom looks like um Kirsten Cohen. Yeah, so weird. Like Josh Schwartz. I need to know like why. (laughs) Who in your life looks like that? Yeah, that's such a good point. So our last one, I couldn't think of a third person, but I have Julie Cooper, Kirsten Cohen. There's no other like middle-aged woman on this freaking show. Well, I was thinking about Summer's mom, but she was just like a drug addict. Yeah, that was weird. She was like absent. Yeah. So she you was know just what? like always getting plastic surgery and like on pills. I don't I'm know. gonna marry Julie Cooper because I want to be her. <laughs> I'm gonna Cole Kirsten because I don't know why I just never really liked her that much. And I'm gonna shag Summer's mom because she's probably fun. <laughs> I'm going to second that. At first, I had shag Julie Cooper and Mary Kirsten just because I thought Kirsten was, like, a good wife. Like, she kept a nice home, which sounds not, you like, sputter that way. But, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and she has money. So That's, that's true. Cooper would be leeching off of you. That's true. I might have to marry a Cohen again because, yeah. I mean, a nickel. She's more a nickel. That's where her money comes from. Yeah, she's quite the wasp. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Ava. And we I think we all learned a lot. Yeah, I definitely learned a lot doing this research. I was so nervous. I was like, oh no, I have to tell the story of Hanukkah. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) You crushed it. I I feel confident in my knowledge of Hanukkah now. Yeah, me too. All right. I'm glad we're all feeling confident. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I am gonna have dreams of Caleb Nickel tonight. Oh my God. Okay. And Luke, give me that wasp D. That's what I'm into, apparently. No, I love Jewish guys too. Yeah. (laughs) You're not giving me time to react to any of these. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know whether you're coming or going. I don't know. Okay. I accept D of all faith and religious based persuasions. Let's get that straight. Put that in the books, people. (laughs) and every man on the OC is a snack. I think that's my point. That's a good point. Yeah, definitely. And, and Gossip Girl too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Except Dan. I didn't like Dan. He's creepy to me. I liked him. All right. Well, let's say you were to buy Mariah Carey's recent autobiography this year. You'd have to wrap it if you're going to give it as a gift, which takes me into our next topic of how to be sustainable with your wrapping paper choices this year because I've been seeing a lot of these like fabric wraps and so my question is how what happens with the with the sustainable fabric wrapping paper like do I say I give you a gift with this sustainable fabric wrapping paper do you then keep the sustainable fabric wrapping paper or do I say okay, thank you. I'm going to take that back now. Like, how do we keep oh, yeah. it from getting thrown out? That's, that's my, what I can't wrap my, he- wrap my head around. Can we just let it on fire? <laughs> yeah, true. All right. Case closed. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? Would you, like, if I get, 
not me, but if someone who wasn't me and you felt awkward about gave you sustainable wrapping paper, would you keep it? Yeah, I would keep it. I love old ladies who unwrap the gift really slowly and keep the regular real wrapping paper. That is like a real treat whenever someone does that. It's very nice. The Trumps. Something kind of cool that happened is that he's giving federal employees the full day off for Christmas Eve. I mean, of all the issues to tackle in the world, why you would pick this at this moment in time is absolutely insane and unhinged. And I mean, why not make Election Day a holiday first? Number one, that's number one, because also everybody in the country can celebrate Election Day. Christmas, like we already have Christmas Day off. So Christmas Eve, you might be like, oh, maybe I'll do Hanukkah or a different holiday. Of course he wouldn't. So, So why do you think he did this? Because we know that Trump generally doesn't just do nice things for people, especially not people who like work for the government. Do you, this is, these are my two hypotheses. Number one, it's about the war on Christmas, Mm -hmm. which he, I believe before he started in office said he was going to end the war on Christmas. And he didn't realize the calls were coming from inside the house. (laughs) What do you mean? Oh, Melania was the friggin', she was the freaking like, Hitler of War on Christmas. She was the commander-in-chief of that she's, army, the anti-Christmas yeah, like army. Jack Frost and Santa Claus 3. And then the other, that was my other, po- my other hypothesis is that he's doing it to make Melania mad. No, I don't think he's doing it to make Melania mad. I don't think he even registers any of Melania's emotions ever. I don't yeah. think he would even know if she was mad. I mean, he keeps trying to hold her hand in public and he doesn't seem to realize it's not going to happen, bro. So, yeah. I think it's the war on Christmas thing. I think it's him doing one last gasp of trying to get us to think he has any sort of ethos whatsoever. And he wants the, you know, the the Christian right to be on his side. But I have to say, I'm not going to get mad at another holiday. Right. Like, if if... Christmas Eve slowly became a holiday in all the companies across the country too. That would be very cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, so, so I'm in favor of this move overall, but I will say he is exempt from being our holiday cheermeister. So that's not, it's not going to win him the cheermeister award because also he's like hosting tons of Christmas parties at the white house. And there was a rumor the other day that one of the ones he was hosting, he just like 10 minutes before the guests were all told that he wasn't coming. (laughs) Wow. I mean, that can only make a party better though. I just feel like, yeah, it's so weird. It's the thing is you could like, how about another stimulus check? How about some aid for restaurant workers and owners? How about some healthcare, you know, of all the things you could do? Yeah. Why do this again? Not complaining, love a day off, but you know. Exactly. One of the things everyone loves most about Christmas is the food and the booze and just stuffing our faces until we can't anymore. And that's especially true this year because it's kind of the only thing that we get to do. Like that the food used to be a good part of parties, but now we're not going to get to go any parties. So at least we can make ourselves ourselves food at home and enjoy that part of the holiday still and these sweatpants are all that fits me right now already so might as well go whole hog 
So in that spirit, we are talking to two comics who have a podcast about food, Brian Yang and Ariel Lieti. So Brian and Ariel have a podcast called What's Eating You? And we're going to be on their podcast next week and talk a couple things, Christmas and just food in general, and learn about an interesting Midwestern tradition at Christmas time that you might want to tune in to find out more about. So we're joined by Ariel and Brian of the What's Eating You podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. (laughs) Yes, thank you. So how did your podcast come about? Let's start with that. Yeah, I think Ariel and Brian, uh, we met at (laughs) uh, our mutual friend Gordon's stand-up show sometime like three years ago. And we both were, somehow we both started talking about Anthony Bourdain and about how much we love food. And then that's kind of just where our friendship took off. It was more solidified when we ate this um, giant, what what do we eat? Gumbo? No, it wasn't gumbo. We had shrimp and and grits, shrimp and grits and ghost face killer was sitting next to us. That's our New York story. (laughs) And, um, we were more excited about the shrimp and grits and they're like, oh, we should start a podcast about food. That's how it happened. So do you guys look forward to holiday food or are you lukewarm about it? Well, uh, I've always said in the podcast that my mom can't cook. Sorry, mom. Hope you're not listening. But she's gotten better throughout the years. So I am kind of looking forward to the holiday food this year. Excited even some would say we definitely have that in common because our mom also can't cook i can't <laughs> believe you're saying that that's so crazy and also I would obviously never, you know. does not listen to our podcast because she hasn't <laughs> called us on yet <laughs> oh shit okay well my mom sorry it, sorry your mom <laughs> what is a great cook and that's kind of where i got my love of cooking from so yeah the holidays always look forward to it she I mean, she cooked up a storm all all year round, but the holidays were extra special because all of my aunts would come to our house. So you'd just have like six women who could all cook very well and just make like the greatest food you'd ever tasted. And I, it kind of spoiled me because I didn't realize how good I had it until I moved out on my own. And I didn't, I didn't know how to cook when I was in my early 20s. I got my own apartment. And that's how I kind of had to like start watching YouTube and like learning how to cook and texting my mom like hey how did you make this thing and just slowly learning like the skills it takes to make stuff so now I look forward to the holidays very much making all the classic stuff like turkey on Thanksgiving Christmas I like to make a prime rib roast so yeah I'm a I'm a big fan of the holiday season food wise for sure Brian made the rib roast last year and it was divine I have to say it was very good memorable food Good job, Brian. Too bad I won't be there this week. I know, it's so sad. (laughs) Did you guys spend Christmas together last year? We did, yeah. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, it's real cute. That is really cute. So do you guys have any, like, family holiday traditions that you're going to miss this year? Or really, because I don't really have one. My mom really tries to push this thing that she's had for a couple years now of, like, where we pick out socks, like like slipper socks from a bag. I think she saw it on Pinterest and was like, this is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you pick out like slipper socks and they have candy in them and you pick it out from like a blind bag and we all put them on and like swap the socks and take a picture. She's trying to make it work. Um, so that's a tradition <laughs> that she does and I make fun of her for it every year. Really just disparaging my mom on this podcast. <laughs> I know, this is a trash <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> Love you, mom. <laughs> 
You're trying. <laughs> Our mom would do something like that too, though. Like it's so funny. And I, and I remember one time I said to someone like, oh yeah, my mom doesn't really do the normal mom stuff. Like she doesn't cook and whatever. And they were like aghast and they were like, well, how did you eat growing up? And I was like, I don't know. I actually don't know, but like I definitely ate. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys do like a lot of like uh frozen dinners or like order out? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. TV yeah. dinners and when we you go do- to the grocery store, I see like people stocking up on like a week's worth of like TV dinners for the whole family. And like they make like lasagnas you can just throw in now and yeah. like oh, probably tenders, a lot so. more sophisticated now than they yeah. were. Back when we I would eat the my... kids cuisine and we oh, hell yeah. it, and yeah. that brownie gets so hot that it just <laughs> yes. scorches your mouth. <laughs> because and it's also... like four different foods that you microwave <laughs> all at the same temperature. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. either molten or ice, no in between. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the chicken's not done, but the brownie is like, it's just lava now. <laughs> we would also do a lot of Burger King. And I remember we used to, I guess every Wednesday I had basketball pra- practice and my mom worked really late on Wednesdays. So she would take me to Burger King and I would get a bacon double cheeseburger value meal with a Dr. Pepper. And I would just down the whole thing in five wow. minutes and then go into basketball <laughs> practice. And I think about that all the time. And I'm just like, <laughs> Dude, yeah, I, was, I had McDonald's I, like every day when so I was a funny. Teen. Yeah. When I, I was on the volleyball team in high school and before every game, we would just go to like McDonald's or Burger King and get a shitload of food and then play the game. And if I did that now, I would, I would throw up. I would 100% throw up. Right. Like where did the food go? Oh man. If I go for a jog now as a 32 year old man, there has to be nothing in my body. Like Mm -hmm. I, I eat way after I work out or whatever. There can't be anything in me or it's just like not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I need a little something. So I need like two almonds. Just right, like, something like, like that. Yeah. Yeah, just to get the run started. More than two, then you can't run. Yeah. yeah exactly. And like trying to find that balance of the perfect amount of food before you can work out is what makes me not work out most days. <laughs> because I'm just like, yeah. okay, I'm going to pass out. So then I eat too much. And then I'm like, I can never move again. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm past the, I'm past the point. Um, but my holiday traditions my wife and i like to do white elephant so we like to have all of our friends come over and exchange gifts when we were just dating and had no money we would just get stuff from the dollar tree and that was still really fun but now as we've gotten older we're able to get like you know a little bit nicer gifts for everyone and it's usually pretty fun um so that'll be really sad not to be able to do that this year we usually do that with our family too have you had any good really memorable funny white elephant gifts through the years last year i (laughs) so like every millennial i got hardcore into astrology and (laughs) as a joke one of my friends got like a um like a birthday book it's everyone's birthday and it's like it's like a 300 page astrology book and it describes every single birthday on the calendar like down to the day like if you're born on march my birthday 26 it has a full page description of what you're like i know that book i think i yeah. know exactly that book the book of birthdays astrology birthdays or something like that and he so that was one of the gifts and uh someone else actually won it but at the party i was like having so much fun reading it that they were just like you can just have this i'm not getting <laughs> I got that, which I thought is really fun. And it's fun to just look up like all your friends' birthdays and see like, you are like this. See, like my wife doesn't believe in astrology at all. 
And uh, I looked up her birthday and then I was like, you, you would not believe it. Astrology. It said, <laughs> so. um, do you, have you guys tried any new festive foods or drinks this year that you had never had before? Mm, this, this year has been tough. Cause it's hard to like get out into the world and try new things. I feel like I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. I've, Didn't- I've stayed like very, um, traditional so far this holiday season i haven't really yeah i had anything like brand new okay i made i was telling you guys before that i'm a baker so i made a babka so um i was very impressed with my cinnamon babka and i know how to braid bread now so that's pretty exciting oh Um, so that's probably like the newest thing that i've made yeah check me out what's your top (laughs) tip for people who want to make babka at home don't don't (laughs) no just don't do it just have somebody else do it for you and like purchase it so i mean top tip be patient uh the dough you have to keep you have to let it rise twice so you have to be super patient and make sure that your um your filling is a little hard because once it gets melty uh you you can't properly braid it and get all the the juices inside so and also make sure your filling is cool not super warm. Wow. Also just have somebody else do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really high maintenance. Do you ever think about like, if it is, if people had cell phones back when they invented like babka or croissants or any of those really high maintenance things, do you think they ever would have bothered learning how to make that stuff? Because it takes so long and they probably would have been distracted by like Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's TikTok or something. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, that's why people yeah. got so into baking now because baking, yeah, everyone baking had and time. cooking is patience. Yeah. yeah. So time, I will, energy, me, patience. Baking is much harder. I, I'm way more of a cook than a baker because cooking is so much more improvisational and you can, there's more room for error. My wife's a baker because she's more mathematically and scientifically inclined. It's it's more about like the exact proportions and like timing where like, you know, mm-hmm cooking can be a little over a little under and you can still kind of save it or make little changes but yeah bread or cakes or brownies like if you burn that shit it's over like it's not gonna be good there's no way to salvage uh a baked good i feel like do you live in the city brian right now yeah i'm in harlem so i probably only cooked or baked like once or twice when i lived in the city because i felt like groceries were so expensive and I just would get like bodega sushi all the it's, time. <laughs> we've calculated that, <laughs> that it costs just as much to eat out as it does to cook, you know? Yeah. And when you cook at home, you create dishes for yourself. So yeah, for a long time, we just ordered out almost like four times a week, maybe. Um, now we do it like more to be healthy, like try to cook at home and also during the pandemic, we've ordered from like basically every place you can order from <laughs> near us. So now I'm getting back more into cooking. Ariel and I talked about this on our last podcast about just being like fatigued after being home for nine months and just we've eaten everything you can eat in our like little vicinity. So now it's like yeah. I've cooked everything I could cook. And now it's we go to your staples like McDonald's and Burger King, like you guys were talking about, because it's just like, I don't know what to eat now. But uh, yeah, we, before pandemic, we definitely ordered out all the time. Went to the deli, went to the bodega. Um, but yeah, now I try to cook at home uh, more often just because there's more time to. But yeah, that's how it is here. It's so expensive to get groceries here. Yeah, it's so crazy. And it's really cheap in London. It's so funny. Like the the craziest thing 
living in London is telling people in London how much cheaper it is than New York. They get really triggered by that because <laughs> really? feel, that's funny. <laughs> they're like, how could London be cheaper than anything? And I'm like, no, it is so much cheaper than New York. Like so much cheaper on every level. The apartments, you get so much more for your money. Like, and people don't believe me when I'm like, you have to be like in the 1% to have a dishwasher in New York City. Like mm-hmm. no one has that. And in London, it's like standard. If you have uh, laundry in your building, it's mind blowing. Yeah. Even, Let even alone in if Jersey. someone has laundry. Yeah. If you have laundry in your apartment, I had a, a washer and dryer in my last apartment in our unit. And it was like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. But that is why I'm with Queens. my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> he has a washer dryer in his apartment and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm it's nuts, staying right? with you. We are married now <laughs> until your lease is up. And then yeah. I just don't know where this is going. <laughs> but now that we moved from Queens to Manhattan, no more uh, washer dryer in our unit. And I have to go down yeah. to the basement and RIP. wait it out if someone else is using the laundry that oh day. Oh my God. It's so dehumanizing. And when you have, <laughs> and when someone gets pissed at you because you forget to take your clothes. Oh yeah. If you wait like five minutes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever had someone take your laundry out? Yeah. Passive aggressively. Yeah. It's like so fucked up. Right. It's like, <laughs> I was coming down. I don't know how quickly you need your laundry done today. Well, at least you guys have it in your basement. I have to go to a laundromat. Before I had a man, I had to go to a physical laundromat. That is a mess. Don't do that. Especially during a pandemic. Thank goodness I found him. Oof. (laughs) Oh, yeah. What was the deal with laundromats during the pandemic, like during lockdown? I mean, you could go to them. Yeah, they can't shut those down. I But still, I don't love it. I don't love the idea of going during a pandemic. Yeah, definitely not. I used to pay for the wash and fold like a real asshole. I was like, I couldn't even. Yeah, I couldn't afford groceries, but I was like, "Uh, I'm just, I'm just gonna do this because it was easy. Like, we lived on the fourth floor of a five floor walk up our first apartment, and like hauling laundry up and down was terrible. Laundry day was like a nightmare. So yeah, like, I mean, (laughs) they offered it, so I don't know. Uh, we were we felt weird about it because we didn't we we're from Sacramento and we did our own laundry for our whole lives and then yeah we started using wash and fold and it does you do feel like a huge privileged piece of shit when you yeah. start using no I definitely don't understand what you guys are talking about wash and fold <laughs> I physically lugged my shit to a laundromat okay I had to find a man in order to make this stop <laughs> so. Can I'll watch and fold the fuck no wow i never lived in new york so i did not know this whole um saga yeah and now i'm i always wanted to live in new york but now I'm, i feel a little bit a little no. bit better well, everything really you do in new york is a calculus of how much do i want this thing versus carrying it up to the fourth floor of this five floor walk up so it's like i don't need it yeah <laughs> when you go to the grocery stores it's just like just the essentials because we're gonna have to lug these up four flights of stairs oh my god yeah what we're getting so off topic but it's great i <laughs> didn't want to talk about laundry i thought that was the thing the oh, that's what this was about laundry news um <laughs> what are the most overrated festive foods or drinks in your opinions fruitcake yeah eggnog is that like? Does anyone like eggnog? Casey's eggnog, eggnog is all right. Oh, you it's like okay. It, Casey, sorry. It's okay. Eggnog is okay. In small dough, it's very thick. Mm. It's very thick. It's true. Mm-hmm. And also, now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't drink milk when I was a child. Like I, I've never gotten into drinking milk at all, and I didn't have any dairy till I was like 14, just because I was grossed out by it. And now I love eggnog. So maybe I'm like compensating mm. for yeah. loss. Yeah. Mm. 
Because I was like, a big time milk, milk drinker. Yeah. Well, your sisters, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you were not drinking milk and you're eating like kid cuisine every day. I'm like really concerned <laughs> about your childhood. Kid cuisine or hungry man? Hungry, hungry man. Do you know what else? A I holiday know. hungry man. Oh my God. They actually did have holiday ones. And I know. This, yeah. Last week, listen to your guys' most recent podcast episode about freezing fast food. Our dad does that. He, but he freezes Taco Bell only. He goes yeah. to Taco Bell and gets like 10 bean and cheese burritos and puts them in the freezer and then just like eats them one by one. <laughs> Parents are wild. <laughs> Parents are wild. That's the craziest thing I ever the schemes, heard. The schemes they come up with to save a dollar. Yeah. Oh my God. So crazy. Oh my gosh. That's I don't amazing. know. I don't know if this is like specifically an Asian thing, but we had like a dishwasher um, and my parents would never use it because they thought it used more water. And now That's they true. do all these studies and it's, it actually uses less water than doing the dishes yourself. And it's because like, of the, yo. <laughs> and it's like, you guys, like we're trying to save maybe like pennies and creating more work for the, like parents are just really like figuring out the hardest way to do stuff. And it's like, it builds character. That's why we do it. That yeah. <laughs> Brian, yo, I think it might be an immigrant parent thing. Okay. Because my parents refused to use the dishwasher. We yeah. had a dishwasher. You know what we used it as? Store Dish stuff. storage. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but here's my issue is to this day, now I feel the same way about it. So my boyfriend does have a dishwasher and I fucking refuse to use because it. Because you've refuse. been brainwashed. Yeah. I'm brainwashed. Yeah. I truly am. I'm unwell. But if you think about oh, it, it makes sense. It only uses the amount of water needed, right? When you do the dishes I don't on care. your own, your water is I don't is care, on. Brian. No. <laughs> no, that can't. I want to see the fucking Carfax on that because I don't believe it. Carfax. <laughs> I don't believe it at all. But I love your dad for heating up the bean and cheese. Yeah, burritos. that's amazing. Good for him. What a pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> he does it with white castle burgers too oh, no. but they sell yeah. those they sell those frozen i was just about to say yeah. i wonder if he likes the white castle burgers because they sell them frozen and my brother used to love them he's like a white castle evangelist he, <laughs> he loves white castle it's so gross i know white castle is gross and you also have to eat it right away yes so but that's thinking all fast about free eating the frozen version of that is very scary to me yeah it's like dog no, food but once you but once you microwave it, it brings back the because the bun is just like pure soggy anyway. It's soggy bun and nasty grade Z beef. That that's oh the beef White Castle really, at its highest yeah. quality. Yeah, but it's also the onions. Yeah, the onions. Yeah. I was just gonna say the onions are so crunchy. That's weird. Somehow the yeah, onions are crucial, though. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's oh. important. The little crispy onions. I don't think I'll ever eat White Castle again. Just thinking about it is making me nauseous. <laughs> I was going to say it's making me want White Castle. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, they actually have impossible. Oh, you, have you not had White Castle? That's that's that really is scary, troubling. Right? That's troubling. That's <laughs> troubling for me. I feel like if you haven't had a bowel movement in a long time, just go to White Castle and oh, yeah. you'll be Clear you set right straight. Up. Clear you right up. It's like Drano. (laughs) Is it how you know it's good? Eat a vegetable. Evacuate the dance floor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so were there any more overrated festive foods or drinks? Brian said eggnog. I wholly disagree. I don't have anything overrated, but I did just, you asked before about a, a new thing that you tried this year. 
I just tried this. I think it's German and it's called Stolen. Have you had this before or heard I of it? I've heard of that. Yo, that shit is delicious. So inside of it is like an almond paste, oh, almost like a durong. Brian, if you know what I'm talking about, it's um, it's like almond paste and nuts and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like that, but a little harder. And then that is wrapped around like a, a sweet bread. So it's almost like a, a fruitcake, like a delicious, fancy fruitcake. Is it flaky? And wow, it's flake. I'm going to yeah. actually try to buy one from work because I don't make them like the boss makes them because they're too complicated. Um, and I'll try to buy one and like send you a piece, Brian. I, yeah. I don't know your guys' address. And I don't think I could ship to London. Um, <laughs> Coming through customs. But I would send, I'll send it, I'll take a picture and send it to you so you know what I'm talking about. But it's delicious. It's really like something else. That sounds really good. What about any like unsung heroes of Christmas food and drinks? Like things that you think deserve a little bit more hype? Mm. I think uh, Coquito gets hype enough. I, usually in the Spanish community, we make it's a, it's Spanish eggnogs, so it's just like coconut milk, condensed milk, and uh, rum, uh, and it's delicious. And um, usually we just have it around Christmas time. It's so thick, and we'll get you very drunk, and you only have a little tiny bit, and it's just amazing. Not quite underrated, but underrated in the way that like I don't think everyone drinks it for Christmas. Yeah, I I had it for the first time this year. I had never had it before and I made some and Mm. oh my God, I was like, I got so drunk and the next next day I was so hungover, I couldn't move for like 12 hours. Pure sugar and pure alcohol, you're gonna die. Like it's definitely yeah, not the sugar for anyone over you. 25. And you can't yeah, taste bad. the alcohol, so I kept pouring more and more rum in. I was like, this is fine, and then I was just like hammered, like and blacked out on a Sunday. <laughs> I feel like that's like an elevated eggnog. It's so it much is. better than regular eggnog. It really, yeah. I think it is. I need to try that. It's so good. Yeah, I gotta say, um, Asian food is like I think really underrated. I didn't know until I moved to New York. Like you kind of hear about it that, oh, like Jewish people have Chinese food on Christmas because they don't celebrate and the Chinese people still open their restaurants. And last year was my first, um, my friends, Sahar and Shelly, they had never celebrated Christmas before. So they also came over. Um, and the night before we all went to get dim sum in Chinatown. And that was like so much fun. It was basically like all Jewish people and Asian people at the restaurant. And uh, in my family, personally, like we would always have egg rolls around the holidays. So egg rolls always remind me of the holidays too. So it's not like traditional at all, but I think every culture has their own little like Christmas tradition that isn't super widely known. I think people know about like Mexican people make tamales around Christmas time. That's also awesome if you hang out with uh, Mexican friends at Christmas. But we would always have egg rolls. And now um, if there wasn't pandemic happening this year, we definitely planned to make a tradition of getting dim sum every Christmas Eve with my friends Shelly and Sahar. So that was like a really cool thing to experience. That does sound really fun. Yeah, I want that. So to borrow from the name of your podcast, What's Eating You, what's eating you guys about the holidays? Uh, This year, I thought I was done shopping. I figured I only had like a couple people to buy for because I'm not going to see anyone. And then I, I got this job right when pandemic started. So um, one of my coworkers was like, oh, so what are you going to get for our boss? And I was like, bitch, I was done shopping. <laughs> I didn't think that we had to get anything for the boss. 
And now I'm like, well, now I have to get a gift for fucking everybody. I don't, but I would feel a certain kind of way, you know? So now I have like eight more people to buy for small gifts, but still just the idea is um, eating me right now because I'm like, I don't really know these people that well. And maybe they'll just get like hand sanitizer and tissues and we'll call it a day. Yeah. The golden rule of offices is gifts should only flow downward. You should only Mm. be getting gifts for people who are your underling. It should not be going up. No, because then now you're losing money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've lost money. I've lost money, friends. (laughs) This is not good. And in past years, I've thought about just like making peppermint bark and crushing it up and just like wrapping one little piece for each person. And like, it's just one piece. It's not another like whole treat that is going to yeah. add to the all of the eating over the holidays, but it's like one little nice treat. It's mm-hmm. thoughtful. It's handy, I almost did that. But it's cheap as hell. I almost did that one year. That is a good idea. I almost did it, and then I ate all the peppermint bark, and then I didn't do it. <laughs> That's a true story. That is true. I made a beautiful peppermint bark, and I was like, well, what happened if I ate all this? Like, what's going to happen? Nobody's going to know about it. And that was it. That was Christmas. Uh-huh. Okay, so this you year make yeah. two peppermint barks. Yeah. Or don't, because you might still eat them all, and then... <laughs> no, I will eat too. Yeah, I don't think you know who I am at all. Brian, what's eating you about the holidays? Yes, uh, dude, I'm I'm missing all the holiday parties that would be going down right now. Those are the best. Mm. Like my wife would have had a work holiday party, and then like you get to have free drinks from her company. Then some you could <laughs> crash your friends' work holiday party because they don't care, you know, if they work for a big enough company. And like you could straight up go to ten holiday parties and just get sauced up and like stumble home in the cab. Like that was some of the oh, funnest man. stuff you could do in New York. And that's yeah. what I miss. Awesome. Yeah. The like just parties and stuff all mm. leading up to Christmas. Ugh. Well, that's that's like part of the feeling of the season and it's just gone. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you guys so much for joining us. It's felt like a party. Yeah. It's been such a joy to speak with you. <laughs> thank you. I hope ever everyone check out what's eating you. Thank you guys. Wow, it was so great to catch up with Brian and Ariel, and I hope you guys will listen to more of our conversation on their podcast next week. Yes, check out What's Eating You and subscribe and maybe give them a little rating and review. They were really fun. Absolutely so fun. Okay, what was your Christmas project in the past week? Did you do one? Yeah, this week I made peppermint bark. Oh, how was it? It was great. I mean, it's, that's like just such an easy, um, like, I guess it's a confection as we discussed in past weeks. It's not a baked Definitely cookie. a confection. Definitely. Yeah. So you basically just melt chocolate and then put it on a pan or something with parchment paper, something flat. You can get creative however you want to do it, how thick you want it to be or thin. Let that sit and cool and then do white chocolate on top of that. Oh, and both need to have a little bit of peppermint extract in them too, or just one of them, however you want to do it. And then crushed up candy canes on top. And that like, sounds very in involved. Fridge. It's not that involved. You can even melt the chocolate in the microwave, but you have to do it in 15 second intervals because one time in high school, I tried to just melt chocolate into peppermint bark. <laughs> just like put a cup of chocolate in the microwave for like a minute. And it turned into like the most disgusting molten, like far exceeding the kid cuisine molten brownies that we've discussed today. Um, it was like lo- like volcanic ash, basically. Case, who's your holiday cheermeister this week? So this week, I'm going to throw it out to the birthday gal herself, Taylor Swift. 
She just dropped a new album called Evermore, which is her second album in 2020, which is incredible. I mean, we all kind of need new music now. And um, she's really embracing herself, I think. She used to try and do the perfect pop star kind of thing. And now I think she's letting it go and just being a singer-songwriter and leaning into her real self, it seems like, anyway. And she also dropped that... um, folklore documentary about her first album which I'm hoping there's one for this one too that was really nice to watch I watched it the other night and it was just nice to get some live music kind of back in my life so yeah Taylor Swift is my cheermeister who's she's, yours she's letting her horse girl hair down <laughs> she really is she's letting that air-dried ponytail down and those air-dried bangs just yes. letting them down yeah. I, I think she is super talented and I'm excited to listen to this album on a day when I have enough serotonin, which may never come, but mm. if it doesn't, <laughs> I at least I at least I know it's out there. I know that there's a great album of slow jams. Who's your holiday cheermeister this week? My holiday cheermeister is Barbara Streisand. <gasps> Oh, such a good one. Please explain your reasoning. So in the spirit of Hanukkah and Chrismica. Barbara Streisand is Jewish, but she released one of the best pop Christmas albums of all time. Yeah. Oh my God. I need, I haven't listened to that yet this year. It's so good. Yeah. And I just really appreciate that because I feel like it must be really annoying having to deal with Christmas when you don't celebrate Christmas because it's so extra. Everybody goes so all out, myself included. I think it's really nice that Barbara sort of threw us a bone and lent us her incredible talent. And the funny thing is, she's not the only Jewish person who has released classic Christmas music. Oh, really? What are some other songs written by Jewish people? Every classic Christmas song was written or co-written by a Jewish person. I'm going to read you the list. Winter Wonderland, as in walking in. Oh my gosh. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Let It Snow, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Sleigh Ride, White Christmas. That was every Chris- – you just named every Christmas song. Yeah. I don't know. Just- That's just really incredible. I know. I know. And I appreciate it. I really do because, like I said, I know that we Gentiles are annoying AF this time of year. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Irving Berlin. Thank you, Adam Sandler. Thank you What all. did Adam Sandler write? Well, he wrote the Hanukkah song, but... Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for that, Adam Sandler. Yeah, we love it. We love it. Okay, cool. Well, that was a very musical cheermeister this week. It was very musical. I think music is one of the cornerstones of Christmas, along with movies and presents and drinking and food and candy canes and candy corns. And syrup. Lots and lots of syrup. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.